Awesome. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, give it up for the F7C board. Awesome. Awesome. They've just been great support and encouragement um, just during this time. And um, how many of you ready to get into the Word this morning? You love the Word. Um, we need the Word, don't we? We need the Word. Uh, we need to honor the Word. Uh, we need to be people of the Word. And uh, it's always an honor to speak to you here, especially um, someone like Pastor Eddie, who has just brought this church to where it is today, um, is a person I just respect so much. And what I saw over just the, just the year of being his student pastor was he was a man of prayer and he was a man of God's word, nothing more, nothing less. And um, that can go a very, very long way in the kingdom of God. And there's just some things that we're going to leverage. There's some things that we're going to do. There's some methods that we're going to put into place. And then there's some things that are just never going to change. We're always going to pray. Right? <laughs> we never not, we never not going to pray. Right? We're always going to be a people of the word, right? We're never not going to be about the word of God. And I just saw some things over just this past week that was just kind of troubling. I just want to share a couple of things before we get into today's message. You know, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That's 2 Timothy 3.16. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 through 21. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy or scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but man spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And then John 17, 17, sanctify them in the truth, Jesus said, your word is truth. As long as I'm your student pastor, the board continues to honor God. We as a church collectively honor those who have gone before us, like Pastor Eddie and Amanda Turner. Our staff, who is here currently, continues to move forward in the kingdom of God and advancing it here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We will be a church that believes the Bible is the inerrant, infallible word of God. You can call it old school. You can call it antiquated. A Christian raptor once said, it sounds like I say the same old thing. That's because the truth don't change. Now the kids are listening. The kids are, oh, hey, that, was, that was good. That rhymed. <laughs> I want to talk to you today about four keys to a healthy marriage as we are kind of on the weekend after Valentine's weekend. I have just wanted to just share some thoughts, some things that God has um, shared with me over the years of being married for 11 and a half years, two daughters, just getting started. Maybe you're single. Maybe you've been married for 50 years. Maybe you're a widow. I feel like I have some things today that I want to share with you from the Word of God that are going to be helpful to you. I met Sarah at a prayer meeting. Now, my parents met at the club. <laughs> well, my parents took me to church every Sunday, right? I met Sarah at a prayer meeting. I got distracted at the prayer meeting. I said, who homegirl? Who's this? And um, so we were part of a college ministry. Um, we started dating. Next thing I know, I was going. I was part of Karen Wheaton's ministry, um, Chosen, and we traveled every single weekend going to youth conferences. And we were about to take a long trip to South Florida for a conference all weekend. And Sarah messages me and said, hey, you need to come stop by. My, my place was on... 
her place was in between my place and Lee University. And so she's like, hey, stop by. I got some stuff for you before you leave. So I go over there and she had made me homemade chocolate chip cookies. On the way to Florida, as I'm eating these chocolate chip cookies, I am receiving revelation from the Lord that this is going to be my wife. <laughs> now, we laugh. We laugh about it. But it was very much the truth. I mean, I'm eating chocolate chip cookies like, my God. <laughs> I think I met my wife. And I had already knew up until that point that that was the case. I mean, the cookies just put it over the top. And so... Um, the Lord very much showed me that weekend and was showing me uh, that Sarah was uh, going to be my wife. We, were, we got engaged nine months after that. We had our first kiss on our wedding day. We worked part-time jobs, volunteered as youth pastors at a small church, had a switch, and became counselors. She's a foster care counselor. I was a juvenile counselor, prevention counselor at Camelot Care Centers in Bradley County. Um, we then got joined in uh, to the great thriving church of Redemption to the Nations in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Bishop Kevin and Devin Wallace. We served there for several years just volunteering. Uh, we experienced revival as the church experienced a 90-day revival that has forever changed Sarah and I's life. That launched us into go, moving to Lawrenceburg, Tennessee to be full-time youth pastors. We were there for five and a half years uh, we felt God calling us to do something more. We didn't know what that meant. Next thing you know, we're having dinner with Pastor Eddie. He's reading my journal. He's reading my mail. We're like, what is happening? We're driving home like, we're about to move to Murfreesboro. I don't even, I just met this guy. I don't even, I didn't even know, you know, what, what is Murfreesboro? Like, what, what are we doing? Sarah's like seven months pregnant, you know, and just, what, this is insane. God worked all the details out, and, um, and here we are. We we, us, not me, not just Sarah. There's something I just want you to catch in the midst of all that. We, we moved and we prayed and we did this and it was together that I want to share with you today that has been so helpful over the years that we have done things together. We made the decision to come. It wasn't just me and, and, and or just her and me hanging on or me going and her just hanging on. It was we. It was collective. It was us working together. And I want to talk to you today about four key, four keys to a healthy marriage. Can I talk to you real quick? We're in the, we're in the love month. We're going to talk about it just for a little bit. I had this analogy the Lord gave me early on in our marriage about how marriage is like a home being built. How many of you see homes being built all over Murfreesboro, right? And one of the things I begin to see is that one of the first things you have to note when a home is being built is there. Is there an ability, a way to be connected to power, to utilities? That's the first thing. And I begin to think about that in marriage. You know, from the very jump, we knew where our source of power was from. We knew that resource that was going to sustain us, that being the Holy Spirit, that being God. And I just want to help give you some practical teachings today that maybe, maybe you're single. I'm helping you out. I'm getting you ready, right? Um, and so I just want to help you with some things. Are you ready to talk about it today? Let me know if you're ready to talk about it. The power, the Holy Spirit, Acts, or 2 Timothy 1, chapter 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, Timothy, but of, can you say power? This is what the Spirit of God has given us. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive 
power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses telling the people about me everywhere. You can look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. How many love the Bible? 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. I'll scroll down here real quick. There it is. For the kingdom of God is not just of a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. Early on in a marriage, and even if you are in a place where you've got to re, realign yourself with the word of God, first and foremost, you've got to understand where is your power coming from. And we have to understand that power comes from above. It comes outside of us. It comes from heaven. It comes from the Lord. You and I can only do so much. It's got to come from the Lord. Secondly, once you have access to power and you have access to the resources, you know, electricity and water, you have to begin. There's a lot of time spent on the foundation, a lot of time spent on the foundation. You have to understand that you and I, we have to build our marriages on the word of God. Nothing more, nothing less. What else is going to withstand the storms of life? What else is going to withstand the things that we will inevitably face? Even, even if we do everything right and we do everything good, there are still going to be some incredibly tough, intense times. We've seen the elements, right, of this week, right? There is just going to be seasons that are going to be cold and there's going to be storms and there's going to be just things. You have to understand right from the jump, you have to be intentional about accessing power, building a foundation, on who Jesus is. I like what it says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. I'm reading out the New Living, if you were just curious. Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. And what necessarily, what Jesus was saying, is you, he is building the church on this confession that, that Christ is the Messiah. And we have to understand that Jesus most of all, is Lord of our life. Yeah, you can, you can sing about it on Sunday, and you can, you can discuss about it on Wednesday night, but where is he at Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, when times are tough? Is your feet on the rock of who Jesus is? Is your confession still, Jesus is Lord, when it is tough? Am I helping anybody this morning? The third thing, you start to build a structure. You start building walls. You start building a roof. And, and what I love about the imagery of marriage and the, the comparison of it being that to a home being built is this, you have to decide early on and you have to even decide now moving forward, especially in the times that we're living in, what comes in your home and what cannot come in. You have to decide. We have to decide what's allowed in and what's not allowed in. What has permission? What doesn't have permission? What has access? What doesn't have access? And you have to get specific about this. I mean, like, I will have Juby watching YouTube or something, and it be and it's and it's all great, and then an ad come up, and it's like witchcraft or something. I mean, it's like what in the world, you know, is going on? We're over here watching, I don't know, something Veggie Tales or something Christianese, you know, and then it's just all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, hey, you have to be very, very careful about what you let in. Is helping anybody this morning? 
your resource, your power, foundation, what you allow in. And then lastly, for all the ladies, you're like, you got to decor, right? You got to decorate it. You got to set the culture of your home. And when I think about decor and I think about things going up on the wall or pictures or different sayings, I see, I see us defining what the culture of our home is going to be. Are we going to be a home, a marriage that allows the fruit of the spirit to bear strong witness in our lives? Right? Are we going to be a home that houses the presence of God? Are we going to, what are we going to celebrate? What are we going to memorialize, right? And pictures and vacations and different things. I mean, these are things that we get to decide within our home and within our marriage what those things are going to be. What are we celebrating? What are we focusing on? Is our home a place where we can get some good Sabbath rest? Anybody never miss a Sunday Sabbath nap. Anybody in the house? Anybody? Come on. We as family. Let me know. Let me know. I don't always get it in, but I try to get it in because here's the deal. When you go out and you get you a little something to eat and then you go home for whatever reason, Sunday, that couch is not going to feel like that on Monday, Tuesday. It, it only feels like that on Sunday after church, after a good meal. Is that just me? I don't know if that's a psychology thing. Like I need to go see Dr. Courtney and get work out some kind of complex or something I have. I don't know what it is. The couch and the blanket is on another level Sunday after church. The bed is on another level. It's just, it just is. It just is. Never in my life will ever really fully understand it other than the fact that I just got done being in the presence of God. I just got done being in God's house and I just feel like there is a blessing that comes on our homes, our physical homes, when we make his house a priority, then all of a sudden our house becomes, becomes his priority. Amen? I don't think it's just by accident or coincidence, even though there may be, I don't know, some kind of science behind all that. God proves science anyway, so it doesn't, it's, all, it's all God anyway. Here's the deal. In an age when we think with our eyes and believe with our feelings, we must find a point of reference that is transcendent, that is beyond what we see, and feel. Why? So that we can think and emote correctly. In an age when we think with our eyes, believe with our feelings, we must find a point of reference that is transcendent, that is beyond what we see and feel. Why? So that we can think and emote correctly. I'm going to touch this. I'm going to keep on moving. Traditional marriage is not old school. It finds its origins in God. It is supernatural. It's not the traditional form of marriage. It is the original form of marriage. If you believe things progress to the point of being out of line with the Bible, then you are no longer operating with a point of reference that will withstand the ultimate test, the test of time. What do we know about God? He's eternal. He's everlasting. When's his birthday? Everlasting, the everlasting, right? I mean, he is, he is here. He will always be. Simply put, they break it down for the kids in a tweetable way so they can catch it. If God created it, he defines it. If he defines it, he sustains it. If God created it, he defines it. If he defines it, he sustains it. I don't know about you, but I'm going to connect with anything that God has to say about my money, about my marriage, about my kids, about my relationship, about my job. Whatever it is, I'm going to connect with God on those things and his word. And obviously all this is kind of bound together 
by the simple word of love. We in English have one word for it, right? Just love. But in the Bible, we see a fourfold meaning. Obviously, from the first, we have agape love, unconditional love, the love that God has showed to us. Secondly, we see phileo love or brotherly love. Um, storge is predictive or parental love. And then fourthly, eros or romantic love. When I got here a year ago, my first sermon series to the students was on sexual purity, holiness, and abstinence. <laughs> first sermon series. <laughs> just, just talking about it. Man. Oh, he went there. How many of you know we need God's definition of love, purity, holiness, and his plans? Because here's the deal. When I was talking to the kids about it, I said, hey, right now, you on Eros, right? You got a crush. You and your feelings, right? She cute. He fine. Whatever the case may be. And you just all about it. And God's all done spoke to you about it. And like y'all are messaging. And it's just great. And it's perfect. And it's awesome. Whatever. You just on Eros. And that's like 25% of what love really means. And I don't even know if you really completely understand Eros. So you might be on like 1% of Eros, okay? So like you got a whole 99% of love that you don't really comprehend just yet. We're all learning agape love. For as long as we live, we'll be learning and experiencing agape love. But phileo and storge, all those things get distorted when you remove agape love, when you remove unconditional love. There has to be that complete beginning of what love is. And what is love? God is love. What is God? God is eternal. What is God? God is good. God is faithful. God is wise. God is all-knowing. So when God brings a standard into our lives, we trust his standard. Why? Because he's good. Well, I believe this, or I believe that, or I feel this way. Again, we have to understand when it comes to some of these moral standards, some of these foundational things, the point of reference has to be the Word of God. And you can debate, and we can go around in circles. I'm just, I'm just at a place where it comes to the Word of God. Show me something better. Show me something better than the word of God, and then, we can, and then we can really have a discussion. Is anybody else with me on that? And so there is your four key things to have a healthy marriage. Russell, if you want to come up and help me out, I'm going to land this thing in just a moment. And those fourfold meaning when it comes to love, agape, phileo, storge, eros. I also told the students, if you don't set your standards, someone else will. Culture will. But even for us as adults, if you don't set your standards, someone else will. Something else will. Something will happen, an event, something will begin to distort the standards of love in your home, in your marriage. Purity paves the way for true intimacy in marriage. Purity. Being pure-hearted. Being someone who just loves God. And intimacy is the joy of knowing someone fully without fear of rejection. Final remarks. 
Revelation chapter 2, verse 2 through 4. Word of the Lord to the church of Ephesus. Church of Ephesus was a bad to the bone church. Look, if Jesus' mom goes to that church, that church is that church is getting it. That church is doing it, all right? There's records showing that this is a church that Jesus' mother, Mary, went to, and here's a word of the Lord to them. I know all the things you do. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they're apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. And when you think about that first love experience, I don't know if anybody can remember the day they got saved, the day they got baptized, or the day they got filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe it was a men's or a women's ministry night or a youth camp or a youth convention or a youth conference. But by a show of hands, can you just remember a significant moment like salvation? Just, just show me your hand. You remember that. You remember it vividly, right? You remember something happened that was supernatural that was just beyond any explanation it was mysterious it rocked you and it's still rocking you to this very day it's just changed you it's transformed you and the word of the lord to the church of ephesus was like return to that return to when when you couldn't help but just tell people about me when you you weren't afraid to talk to talk about me and you weren't ashamed and you were posting stuff and you were doing this and and you just wouldn't be quiet about it Got me thinking about when Sarah and I first started dating, first started falling in love. I mean, you hang up. No, I love you. No, I love you more. No, I love you more. No, I love you more. I don't even know how that happened. I know that's how I felt. I don't even know that's actually what happened. It's kind of dumb when you think about it. <laughs> I remember going home on Christmas break and show my mom a picture of Sarah. I said, hey, mom. Me and this girl right here, we kind of talking. She fine. <laughs> I'm just proud. I'm just so proud because I'm like, man, she's it. I mean, she's it. She loves God. She ain't kissed nobody. She's been pure. You know, like she, like she loves God. She comes from a good family, like all this stuff. And I show a picture of my mom. I said, mom, look, this girl I'm talking about. Mom, I learned she you ain't talking to her. What are you supposed to mean? But you think I can't get a, you can't, I can't get a girl like this? We talking. And she didn't believe me. She didn't believe me. It's like the one time she didn't, I was like, Mom, no, like, we're for real talking. And she's in the kitchen like, like oh, whatever. I'm like, no. I was like, man, I got me mad. I remember when you first started dating, though, you were proud, right? That's my girl. That's my man. It's the same thing, right, with Jesus. You remember when you first fell in love with Jesus? It's my Savior. It's my King. He rescued me. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was broken, but He mended me. Anybody remember when you were just so in love, you just you just sounded stupid, right? It just didn't make a whole lot of sense. And now we're trying to we trying to be politically correct, and we're trying to be okay. We just trying to make sure we don't offend anybody. And I'm and I'm okay with all of that. But I'm he's still my king, right? 
He's still my Savior. He still rescued me. He still has blessed me beyond anything that I have ever earned on my own. I could have ever owned them all. He's done that for me. Can you stand on your feet with me this morning before we leave? When Sarah and I first got married, Sarah loves to play cards. She loves to play games and stuff like that. I think it's dumb. I'm like, let's go play ball or something, you know, or like, or watch a game or something. I like playing cards. Rummy, spit, speed, all that stuff. Weird names too. So, but you know what? Every night when we first got married, first couple of years, we just play cards every night. We just play cards. Now, I didn't really enjoy it. I was just like, but I enjoyed it because of who I was sitting across the table from. I enjoyed how much she enjoyed it. Because she pretty much wins the whole time. Like, like she just, like I asked her in between service and said, hey, what, what, what card game are we playing tonight? She said, I don't know we, which one you want to get beat in. <laughs> like, okay. All right. It's like that. <laughs> okay. But we're going to play cards tonight. We hadn't done that in a long time. And I just told Sarah in first service, we're going to play cards tonight. And she's going to whip my tail. But that's just something we did at first, right? And I want to share this too before I pray a blessing over you. I want to share this too. I am the best version of me as a husband and as a father when I am close to Jesus. When I am praying, when I am reading my word, when I am just faithful in my relationship with God. When I am doing that, I'm telling you, everything else just falls into place and it just works out. And so if you're trying to be a better husband, you're trying to be a better wife, and you're trying to be a better dad or a better mom or grandfather and grandmother, you're trying to figure out, I'm telling you, Jesus is still the answer. He's the answer. I'm telling you, he's going to make a way. And he ain't going to do anything outside of him because he is the way, the truth, and the life. He ain't going to do anything outside of who he is. Amen. Last thing before we pray. I complete Sarah. She completes me. But I can't fulfill her. She cannot fulfill me. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. She completes me. I complete her. But I cannot fulfill her. She cannot fulfill me. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. Amen. Let me pray a blessing over you before we dismiss. Lord, thank you so much, God, for reminding us of your love. God, I pray a blessing over every single person in this place, God, whether single, whether married, whether a widow. God, would you bring us back to the beginning, God, to the start where we are your bride, God, that we are completely yours first over everything else, over our job, over our covenant relationship and marriage. God, we are first in covenant with you. God, I pray that blessing over everybody who's watching on live stream. God, would you minister to them as they had to stay home from the weather and the elements. God, would you minister to them. God, would you pour out your presence, God, in this place on every marriage and in the homes of all those who are watching. God, would you bring us back and let us just fall in love with you all over again. 
And God, may you strengthen our marriage, our marriages like never before, God. Every single marriage represented at FWC, God, may you strengthen them by the joy of the Lord. God, we instill hope, God, where there's tension and there's struggle. God, you can make a way. You always do and you always will. And you will always be the way, Jesus. God, we turn to you today. God, I pray just a fresh outpouring of love and joy and hope in every single relationship in this place, every marriage, every widow. God, would you comfort, would you guide, would you restore. And God, we first and foremost give you all of the glory. And everybody said amen. Come on, give God some praise if you're thankful.